Chris Harris, and you're listening to Win the Battle, a podcast for tools, tactics, and routines to triumph over adversity. All right, welcome. Welcome to Win the Battle. This is episode three, and we have Kurt Bavacqua. Kurt has had 15 years in the big leagues, um, played all over the place. And uh, I reached out to Kurt as Kurt is the, the leader of this Facebook MLB alumni group. And I wanted to bring Kurt on to really just have a clubhouse talk. You know, we've, we talked about identity. We've talked about trying to figure out who we are. We talk about the battle of, hey, what happens next? And so uh, I wanted to bring Kurt on and have that. So, Kurt, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, it's my pleasure, Mitch. I think it's really important for folks out there to hear us talking about the fact that everything's just not hunky-dory. If you're a professional baseball player or a professional athlete, for that matter, you know, when when you're getting ready to get out of the game, because I got to tell you, I don't think any of us are prepared for our careers to end. Right. No, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear your story for the fact that I didn't give anything to play 15 years, but even even more so trying to figure out what does it look like after 15 years? Because, I mean, 15 years is a long time. When did you have an idea? When did it start to start creeping into your head that, you know what, I'm, I'm coming up on, on kind of the end of, of my career here? Never. Yeah, good. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you why. Because um, I kind of got mixed up in that, in that collusion deal. So there was some stuff going on behind the scenes that we're all out on the front lines and we're shrugging our shoulders going, you know, what the heck's going on? You know, why are we not getting calls from different clubs? Uh, why did the Padres wait this long to offer me salary arbitration? So I went to spring training uh, as a roster invite with the Padres after declaring free agency in November um, of the prior year. I had had a pretty good year uh, in 85, and I went to spring training in 86 and hit 340. I mean, the last time I swung a bat in professional baseball, I hit a walk-off pinch hit hit against the Giants, and that was it. Wow. I was told the next day, the next morning, that I wasn't uh I wasn't in the plans of making the club. Yeah, and so so mentally, I mean, did you tell yourself that yeah, I've got more in the tank. I, I, this isn't it. You know what's funny? The and, and I think about this all the time. There were times where I would have done backflips, somersaults, and anything else that it took to be able to get a tryout with another club or get an opportunity with another club, I don't recall ever thinking about that. When I was driving back from Yuma uh, that spring in 1986, I had a good friend in San Diego, and I had been doing radio and TV in the winter in San Diego by the name of Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones was, is a legendary sportscaster and he lived in La Jolla 
here in San Diego. And he called me when I got released by the Padres. And he goes, why don't I have you call my agent? Because I think you'd do a good job in broadcasting. I called his agent. The next week I was in New York working for NBC Sports. Wow. So I didn't even have time to sit down and ponder my disappointment or what was going on in baseball. Why weren't there teams out there that wanted me? Why weren't there teams out there that wanted Bob Boone and Doug DeSensei and all the other players that weren't signing and moving um, that particular winter? And we, we found out why after a while. And we're rewarded for it. But just the same, it cut our our career short. And I felt like I could have played another two, three years. I mean, I truly do. Yeah. And I, I, I don't have any qualms in saying that um, I would have gotten another, a good another couple of two or three years. Because yeah. I was just learning how to hit. But the real topic here is preparing yourself when that final at bat happens. Yes, exactly. Was I prepared? No. If I hadn't walked into the job that I reached and got right away with doing the pregame show with Marv Albert right out of the studio in New York, I'd fly back to New York every Thursday night on a red eye. We'd have a production meeting on Friday morning. And on Saturday, I'd do the show with Marv. I'd be out of there by one o'clock going to LaGuardia, jumping on a plane and flying back to San Diego. That was the extent of it for about four months, five months. Yeah. So yeah then, I, I started, then I started doing the game of the week with John Miller, the backup game of the week with John Miller, because all the games, if you remember back then, maybe you don't, um, were <laughs> the, you know, there was one game on television. Right. The game of the week. Yeah. And it was Graziola and Scully. And everybody look forward to if your team was on the game of the week to being part of that. So when it really hit me that not only was I out of baseball, but I didn't know what I was doing going forward was when NBC lost the contract the following year to ABC. And I wasn't in line for any of the broadcasting jobs. So yeah, I, I was basically out of work. Yeah, and I think that's you bring up a good point. It's trying to figure out. You know, I had a coach tell me one time. He said you can't have a plan uh, plan B while you're on plan A, because now you're starting to think about. Well, you know, what if I fail? What if what if what if this? What if that? However, with that being said, there's nothing wrong with trying to figure out what what are other things that I enjoy doing. You know, what what are other things that that you know are somewhat of a hobby now. Hey, I enjoy kind of watching games. I, I enjoy kind of looking at the stats or, or the analytics or, or this or that, or it's something outside of baseball even. You know, hey, I, I like watching the market. I, I like, you know, this, that, and the other. And just having that kind of go through your head of trying to figure out, hey, should I, you know, read up on this? Should I, you know, talk to somebody about that? It has That has nothing to do with the game itself, but it just kind of prepares you for whenever that day comes where, you know, you're done. And I think you bring up a good point because you never know who you're going to meet or what you might run into when that day comes, but you got to start at least mentally preparing yourself that, 
hey, there is life after baseball. And and for most people, if not everybody, it's a whole lot more life after baseball. And now we just got to understand how do we take the person that was so successful in the, in the game that we love and now being successful in, in whatever the next adventure is. Uh, so I think that's a great point that, that you bring up there. Well, life after baseball is a hell of a lot longer than life in baseball. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to get across slowly but surely to not only the players uh, of the group that we belong to, MLB alum, and it's a close uh, for all the people listening out there, um, apologize, but it's a closed Facebook group to players that were former MLB players only. The reason that is, is because we try to do things to help and the benefit former MLB players regarding their pension benefits, their families being included in that, life insurance, all of those different things that there's confusion about right. in, a lot of, in a lot of ways. And trust me, when I first started this thing, as Mitch knows, um, boy, it's been a rude awakening finding out uh, not only the depression that I've heard on the other end of text messages and phone calls and any private message messaging that's gone on, but uh, just the fact that people were out there and they felt lost. Yeah, and, and I want a, a little plug here for, for those listening that, that have – uh, even a minute uh, of of time in the big leagues, please go go on to Facebook or, or or look up myself or Kurt on Facebook. Send us a message so you can get onto this because I can tell you the 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 clubhouse feel um, that that I think that all of us miss uh, is there to to help support those who've who've been there and and, and who who are either going through some things that hey I, I'm kind of lost here or hey I didn't know that about this benefit or that benefit. Uh, please go on and, and check that out. It's just uh, MLB alum on Facebook. Now, Kurt, you know, one of the things you did bring up and I want to touch on, because I think this is something that both you and I have really noticed uh, here in the last you know couple years for sure, is the word that a lot of people don't like to throw around. That That's depression. And, and, and the thought of, you know, the ego that's, that seeps in to say, yeah, but, you know, I'm man enough to, to, to be able to take this on myself. It's not a big deal, you know. I'll get through it. Um, but I think it's something that needs to be brought up and needs to be talked about because I think without people around you uh, to be able to lift you up and kind of help you with those things, uh, you're going to fill that void of depression. You're going to fill those things uh, with things that are only going to bring you down further. What would you say to those that that really are kind of maybe in a spot, just in a rut right now, kind of figuring out, hey? You know, I'm I'm a couple years out, or I just you know with this whole season uh, being that it is, I, I might not play again, and I'm kind of scared to figure out what's next. Well, I tell you what, Mitch, I think it's very, very important for people that are close to that individual, and it doesn't matter in what regard. I mean, you could be a friend that's just a neighbor, and talk to them about how they feel because, like you said. Us men, you know, we don't like anybody to think for one iota that we've got doubts about things and we're not man enough to do this or that or the other thing. And certainly standing up to a thing called depression. 
And I think we all do at times. We all have to at times. I mean, hell, I've been depressed through this COVID-19 thing at times. I'm sure there's people out there all across the country uh, that are going through the same feelings and the same anxieties that, uh, that I have and everybody else has in the country. So when you suddenly realize, and this is the part that's very difficult for me, although I can understand it, but I was very fortunate in the amount of years that I got to play professional baseball. And the thing that really gets to me when I see some of these guys uh, that come on and join our group that played for 10 or 11 years and they've got 80 days in the big leagues. I mean, I I tell you what, I just want to put my arms around them and hug them and go, you know what? I don't know how you did it because it takes a man to be able to do that. And somebody that really loves the game. And I'm hoping that those are the kind of guys that can really drive through and not get depressed when it's over, even though they didn't reach the pinnacle that they wanted to reach, because we all want to get there, whatever it is. We've all played that game in the backyard with our brothers, sisters, neighbors, friends, where we're hitting with two outs in the bottom of the ninth yeah. in the World Series. That's right. We've all been there. There's no doubt about it. And some of us are extremely fortunate enough to be able to fulfill that dream. And But, you know, 99.9% of the folks out there just don't reach that. But that's why there's never a day that goes by uh, where I don't appreciate um, everything that uh, that I was able to get out of baseball because, you know, I, I tell people um, this one thing and sometimes it raises people's eyebrows. And I tell them that I don't know baseball anything. I really don't. I don't feel that I do. Yeah. I put in my time. I busted my butt. I went into spring training knowing that I was going to be the 25th guy if I made it. I played winter ball for 10 consecutive years so I could stay in shape going into spring training, knowing I'd be ahead of certain guys that didn't spray uh, place uh, winter ball that year. So I played year round baseball in the big leagues. I was in the big leagues from 1971 to 1981. And I played winter ball every year that of those years. Yeah, and you know, I and I and I think that brings up another great point that you some of these guys just think that I've given so much to this game. Why do I feel the way that I do now? Because I've put everything that I know. I went through high school. I got drafted out of high school, or I went through high school, went to college, then I got drafted. Now I've played ball. I've put everything I know into this game. The day that that coach says to me. Hey man, you know, we're just going a different direction. And that's the last time you see the field. That's hard to take. You know, that's hard to let sink in. But I think the biggest thing when I've had these conversations with people and and you and I've had this conversation, you know, uh, when we talked before, but it's now trying to figure out what is my, what is my purpose? What is my, 
what is my goal now for whatever my second, you know, term, whatever you want to call it, my second life, my second uh, half of this season now in, my, in life, what am I going to do now? What is my why? What can I take from those everything, those years that I put everything I had into baseball? What can I take from that that I've learned that, that I've developed as a person, as a man, as a teammate, as a, as a human to now be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better coworker? How can I take those things and apply those into the next thing as opposed to, man, woe is me. I, I, I don't know what's next. Uh, I just think there's so much that, that we've learned in this game that's taught us so many things that we should take and use as a positive as opposed to letting it sink in and take us into a rabbit hole that, that really is only going to pull us down. I think the pe- preparation for what you just got through talking about should start early on with going into areas that, again, you talked about where, where do want my interests lie? Uh, what do I like doing? You know, do I enjoy trading? Yeah. Stock trading. Uh, do I enjoy broadcasting? Um, you know, do I enjoy selling cars or turning product? Doesn't necessarily have to be cars. Uh, but there's so many things that are open to us nowadays uh, with the world of this fabulous internet where <laughs> we can have calls like you and I are having right now with a thousand more people on it. It's just crazy to me. It really is. So I'm really looking forward to uh, not only the future with technology, but I'm looking forward to uh, possibly growing our group to where we've created an alumni group that's going to be a little better at communication than what we're used to. Because like I said earlier, a lot of people would be surprised. Uh, when they find out that Major League Baseball players are a little bit uneasy about their career ending or professional baseball players, guys that spent a lot of time at the AAA level, the AA level, whatever it may be, and all of a sudden are out of the game. Right. Well, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that uh, the, the everyday Joe doesn't realize uh, they're just looking at those big numbers uh, that the Bryce Harpers and the Mike Trouts and, and the Manny Machados are getting. And uh, they're thinking that it's a trickle-down effect and all of those guys are being treated well. When, you know, the average time in the big leagues now is like three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not very long. Right. And, I mean, you barely reach arbitration three yeah. and a half years. And if if the tr- uh, the club did you wrong, you didn't reach arbitration three and a half years. Right, uh, right. Like Chris, what happened with Chris Bryant? So, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on out there that we can get some information out. And, you know, I think this information has to get out to 20-year-old, minor league prospects and major league players in the clubhouses where they're thinking to themselves, listen to these guys telling us this stuff. Are they out of their minds? Right. And then five years later, they're going, why didn't I listen to those guys? 
Right. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge piece for, again, the Facebook group. And again, for the, for, I want to really stress, for those that, that did not get a chance to make it to the big leagues, it's not just the fact that, you know, poor guy, he got to the big leagues and, and what's he complaining about? It's not that. What I'm trying to get across here, and, and I think you would agree here, Kurt, is there is a is a is a miscommunication with those who did get to the big leagues that don't understand what they've achieved in terms of now the benefits that they're able to have that they need to make sure they are aware of. And on 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 a separate note, for those who didn't get to the big leagues and 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 played minor league ball, or even I'll kind of put this out there, or put themselves in a situation in an, an, another uh, professional sport or another career where they're now in a situation where they're having to make a complete shift to something different. That transition is always tough, you know, and I look back on my military career coming from military and then, and then going into a, a, a spring training. Uh, it was a whole nother world for me. I, mentally, I had no idea what was going on. Um, and so I learned a lot about myself I learned a lot of my weaknesses. I learned a lot of my strengths. But, but fortunately enough, I think a lot of the things I learned from the academy and from the military helped me understand that I had to take those both strengths and weaknesses to help me develop into the new career at the time, which was baseball. I had to use those things to then propel myself in that new career. So anybody who's now transitioning has to take all the things they've learned to now help themselves prepare and propel into whatever that second career is. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that, that um, is bothersome to me is we get to the point where we say, man, I had a cool career. I had a really successful career. I got to do a lot of great things, but now I'm just lost. I, I got no clue what to do. And I think that's the thing where I think many people have to understand that it's not a weakness to reach out and just call someone and say, hey, I got no idea what I'm doing or, or where I'm going. You know, let's have a conversation and figure out maybe what, what, what we could do to, to, to help get me to, you know, here's something I'm interested in. Because I think too many times we just, we're, we're too caught up in looking in the rear view as opposed to looking out our front window. Uh, and I think we have so much, uh, life in front of us that we forget all the great opportunities ahead of us and, and look at the back as like, Oh man, I wish I could have done this longer. Um, what would you say to the one person, you know, in baseball, out of baseball, that might be going through that transition phase to say, you know, I'm kind of in this situation where I got a couple of different things that I'm I'm trying to figure out, but I just don't know what direction to go because I don't know any better. You know what? It's never too late to prepare for the future. And if you um if you think that you've been a failure at professional baseball or a professional sport, or for that matter, any type of profession, then you're just not thinking correctly. Agreed. Because being a failure at something that you were successful at just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So there are people that achieve a little more, but they're also preparing for the future in, in doing the things that they're doing. I just read something the other day that blew me away as soon as it hit the headlines. You talk about preparation. Patrick Mahomes bought 
a piece of the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, that's that, that blew me away. It, it blew me away, too. I mean, who, what 23-year-old kid, I don't care how much money you have, is thinking about anything but touchdown bombs and girls. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's thinking about having a good time and playing football on Sunday. This kid, he's got some good, solid people behind him. And that's where I think we can come into the picture. Yeah, and I, I was going to say that's the big thing that I, I harp on all the time is we're so involved with our team, right? We're, we're so involved in the clubhouse. If that's your your coworkers, if that's your team uh, on the field, off the field, when it's when the sport is over, when your profession is over, there still has to be a team. You've got to find that team. It might be your family, it might be a close group of friends, it might just be a, a couple people that you say, "Hey, I need some people in my life. They're going to be accountable to both myself, and I'm going to be accountable to you." So we've got to find those people, and, and again, that's why I think so highly of this Facebook group because I think that's where you can find them. Uh, you know, you you start your own Facebook group if you need to, but we've got to have those people in our life that we can say, "You know what? I trust you. I got to talk to you about some things that I probably won't tell so and so over here." But I got to get it off my chest because it's bothering me. Let's let's talk for a minute, you know, mano e mano, and and let's be a little uh, transparent here, um, and, and let's let's go through some things so we can keep each other accountable and lift each other up when we get to these points and say, dude, I I don't know where to turn, and get those people around us that can kind of help us uh, steer us in in the right direction until we get back on our feet. I think that's a huge thing that too many people are either allowing their ego to get in the way. Uh, or are just not realizing that people will do that, that people are out there that will say, dude, I will help you just have a conversation, make an introduction. Uh, you tell me what you're looking for and we'll figure out how to make it happen. We'll, we'll help. But I think too many people are just kind of, I don't want to bother somebody. I don't want to do, dude, I, I'm telling you, whoever's listening, I feel like there's got to be someone that's listening that's going, I just, I don't know what to do. Reach out to just a buddy or two and say, hey, here's where I'm at. Give me some suggestions. Uh, help me get in the right direction because I think that's so valuable, having that uh, close-knit group around you. I think the segue from uh, having your second team set up was a really good point you just made. Uh, I kind of didn't ever look at it like that. But you do need to have a group. Uh, that that you can surround yourself with. And it, 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 I'm not talking about a professional group that you can go to. Hey, what do I do now? I'm right. talking about your buddy that you might go get a beer with on a Friday night. Right. It doesn't matter who these people are. It doesn't have to be those, you know, uh, headhunters, career, you know, people that don't know you from Adam, which I think they can do great. I'm not saying they're not. I think the best people that you can get are the people that know you, know you inside and out, that you can look square in the face and say, dude, I don't know what's next. I'm a little worried about where I'm at. I want to have a conversation because you know me. I know you. Let's figure out what we can do to to, to help me get back on track. Uh, I just think that we're leaving that piece out. And when we get lonely and by ourselves is when we make really, really bad, stupid decisions. And I think that's the thing that I've seen too many times. Uh, and I'll say it because, like I said, I told people I was going to be transparent on this. I've been in the situation where you are by yourself 
And you think you're kind of at your wits end because you know what? No one cares about me. No one, you know, even if I wasn't here, no one would miss me. That's the biggest lie that, that, that the, the world can tell you. And, and the sooner, the sooner you can get out of that spot and find the person that says, no, 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 that's not true. We care about you and we will help you no matter what. That's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that's, uh, I'm so happy that we've got this group together. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be sending out um, a post here pretty quick to hopefully unite the group even further. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to what I'm going to see coming back from there. But, you know, let's continue this discussion, Mitch. And, uh, um, you know, within the group, um, we'll broadcast this uh, through the group. And, uh, you know, good luck with your podcast. and and continuing to do it. And uh, anytime that I can come back and help you naturally, I'd be more than happy to. Well, well, Kurt, I appreciate the time. And, you know, again, I think could to kind of close this up, I want to reiterate, you know, I, we named this, you know, when I was talking to a lot of people about the, the whole point of this, we came across the whole, you know, uh, the play on words of win the battle because of my background of, of the military. And then as a pitcher, you want to battle that guy at the plate, in life, we've got so many battles. But when have you ever seen a battle when just one person goes out to the battlefield? You never have. You never have. You've always got a line of people there with you. And one of the things we said in the military is, hey, man, I got your six. And I want to remind people that that you might not think that there's someone right there with you, but I can guarantee you someone's right there shoulder to shoulder with you that has your six, that will get your back no matter what. You just got to either turn around to look or tap them on the shoulder and say, look, Hey, I haven't told you, but I need a little help because I'm not sure that someone's got my back. I just want to have the conversation. So in closing, you know, Kurt, what's the one thing that you would tell someone who is facing that battle of saying, man, Kurt, I think I'm by myself. Um, how do I face the battle of figuring out, hey, I've got to get through this this low point, this depression, this this just feeling of no one's got my back? You know what, Mitch, I, I said earlier that it's never too late to prepare. And even when you do prepare, there are going to be setbacks in life uh, that are going to call upon you to do exactly what you're talking about. Feel like you're walking out there alone. And I think I'm a firm believer in knowing that the better your preparation is, the less you're going to feel all alone out there because you're always going to have a place to turn if you prepare for what's going to go on in the future. And I, I got to tell you, I was the first one to ever think that my career was going to end. I don't know what the hell I was thinking about. I mean, really, I had played 19 years already, 15 years in the big leagues, and I'm going up to the plate every time thinking, oh, there's going to be another 0 for 4 out there for me tomorrow when that wasn't necessarily the case. I never thought about it, which sounds crazy, but that's that was my mindset from an early age when I had to struggle so hard to make teams and just more or less knowing that I was going to make it. But Looking back at it now, the fact that I wasn't as prepared 
as I should have been. Um, it kind of gets me a little bit because I should have been more prepared for the end of my career, collusion or not. And I wasn't. So I know how lonely it can be out there. Um, but the people that are there do exactly what Mitch said a couple of minutes ago. Just turn around or look to the left or the right. There's going to be somebody there for you. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate everyone listening in. And uh, please check out MitchHarris.com or, or win the battle on uh, Apple Podcast. We're going to have more of these. Uh, we're so excited to, uh, to have you listening in. Hopefully you took a nugget from this. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. To stay up to date, make sure you're subscribed. And go check out MitchHarris.com. Now, go win your battle.